Hey friend, welcome to the Paloma Grace podcast. My name is Anna Grace. I'm Evie. And I'm Sophia. We are so glad you're here. Our mission is to support, encourage, and challenge young Catholic women on their journey toward heaven. We pray this podcast above all else invites you to radically claim your beloved identity in Jesus Christ, the seed for living our one in eternity life. Here's to telling our stories. Welcome home. Hello, hello. Welcome to this episode, episode 12, if you can believe it or not, of the Paloma Grace podcast. Hey friends, my name is Anna Grace and I am all smiles today sitting here with my beautiful co-host. I always use that adjective, but I hope it doesn't lose its effect because man, you ladies are absolutely wonderful. How are we doing today? (laughs) We're good. Oh, it's funny because like usually we record early in the mornings. So especially for like Anna Grace, it's going to be like five in the morning out in Cali. Guys, I'm ready to go today. I am so stoked. (laughs) I know. Regardless, I'm still sitting here with a cup of coffee in my hand, even though it's 7.45 on Typical soap. Always a coffee in hand. Yeah. Yeah, honestly, like I'll have one cup of coffee at like 9.30 and I'm jittery all day. (laughs) I wish. (laughs) So funny. Well, yeah, no, we're going to have fun today. I'm I'm excited. Uh, For those who are maybe tuning in for either the first time or in a few episodes, we are wrapping up our series on life with the Holy Spirit. Today, we have been talking about the Holy Spirit as our advocate, as our counselor, and now as this episode releases on the Monday after Pentecost, and we live in the joy of what it means to have been given this eternal gift from God that not only is ours, but dwells within us. Um, We're going to talk about what the promise of the Spirit, the Spirit of promise means, right? And Man, and I'm so glad that we get to record this in the afternoon because I feel like our voices just in their tone are going to be able to express really how uh, much of a jubilee this liturgical celebration is meant to be for us and hopefully will encourage us no matter what um, season of life we find ourselves in, whether we're uh, celebrating at the top of a mountain on that peak or we're down in the valley in the trough, kind of just trudging through life the liturgical year is meant to, I think, reflect our desire for both change and permanence. We are able to go to church every Sunday and see things that are familiar that allow us to delve deep into the depths and the caverns of our faith, yet also experience these changes that remind us um, really of, of the heart of Christ that lives within us and our own natural desire for excellence and greatness, healing and wholeness. So, with that mouthful of an introduction. I'm telling you guys, it's not 5 a.m. I wasn't joking. I am ready to go. So perfectly said. I'm like, wow, we're we're talking about all that? (laughs) I am am ready. I'm fired up. Seriously, no pun intended either, but maybe because we're talking about Pentecost, that was... (laughs) I'm sure whoever's listening to this is either laughing with or at me, but man, as long as it brings a smile to people's faces, I'm all for it. It's <laughs> um, so awesome. I always love thinking about how Pentecost is the birthday of the church. Yes. I, like for one, just love birthdays. I love my birthday. Um, I just think mm-hmm. it's such a fun thing to celebrate. Um, so I just have always loved this, the birthday of the church. I know. I remember seeing a post from my friends a couple of years ago on Pentecost and it was like a bunch of them crowded around the cake and they're like, okay, who's going to blow out the candles? Because... <laughs> 
but no pentecost and especially like any um feast day that is symbolized by like joy you know i just what's it called like the sun one of the sundays during what the one Gaudete sunday yes yes or is that like yeah right yes i think like that's just one of my favorite holidays with pentecost not holidays but you know what i mean feast days because when times of the church like anna grace said like they reflect those like cyclical um seasons um i just wow i love it because i have a lot of joy going to church anyways but when everybody else is supposed to be (laughs) joyful it just really warms my heart so oh also i just i quickly fact-checked us because i saw evie's furrowed brow of her questioning how i think sunday Sunday is in advent Advent. and then um Um, i got this i got this no i don't um I don't know. Uh, Palm Sunday, right? The pink Sunday, you know? But yeah, it's well, pink, pink Sunday is, is Advent, though, right? Oh, <laughs> No, there is a pink Sunday in Lent. I'm looking it up. It's fine. Somebody <laughs> even have the answer for us. You can reach out to us on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> the pink one. I don't know. <laughs> the pink Sunday. We're just going to call it the pink Sunday from now on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love it. Um, no, amen. I couldn't agree. Oh, Evie? Clipperton. It's um Latare Sunday. Oh Ooh. wait, Fancy. so that's is that before Palm Sunday? Yeah. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Oh. I don't I don't even think that I knew that. Um so thank you, Miss <laughs> Miss Kenny. I'm learning something from you too today. Oh. <laughs> the teachers over here becoming the students. Um yes. no, Amen. I honestly couldn't agree with you guys more that not only am I trying to become well, clearly more aware of the liturgical celebrations in the church, but in my actions those days of like feasting. Um, and especially I hope friends as, as we're celebrating Pentecost, like you are, are finding ways to, to rejoice, to engage in things that bring you joy. And because I I've noticed that I start to not only appreciate, but just cultivate a, a deeper relationship with the Lord as I receive these great gifts and parties for lack of a better word that he offers us throughout the year. Heck yes. And I think too, with Pentecost, like the fact that most of the day or evening was defined by just this utter confusion, you know, of not knowing the different languages and like all this stuff that's just so like mind boggling to me. And then yet like the Holy spirit can come down and it's just this unmistakable peace And I think that like marks what we long for with our relationship with the Holy Spirit. And it really just sets the tone for whenever we invoke him into our conversation or our prayer life, that even if like we're in the trough or we're in this valley of life, that no matter what, like when we call on his name, he's just going to come and bring that peace. Like that doesn't mean like we're going to know. It's just this like, what's the word? Like lottery ticket of he's going to tell us exactly what to do, like exactly what to say. Like we might not know any of those things, but like the most beautiful part of my relationship with the Holy Spirit right now is that he's just giving me this like almost like anxiety blanket cover on my heart to just calm down. And I'm filled with this peace that like everything is going to be okay. And that is just unmatched to me. So amen. Yeah. Oh, I love that so I was just looking at the Acts of the Apostles in the passage of Pentecost. Um, and it says that the multitude, like the crowd and all that confusion that you were talking about, that they were amazed and wondered. Mm. Um, 
and just like, I don't know, thinking about the ways that I can cultivate a sense of amazement and a sense of wonder in Pentecost and being really intentional about that. And um, because I think that often feast days can just pass by and like, I'll go to mass and then I didn't really do anything to like contemplate um, what we're celebrating. And so, I don't know, I'm trying to think of ways that I can cultivate some sort of wonder this Pentecost. Mm. So maybe we can talk about it on the Instagram. (laughs) Yes. Well, and I like that you said that too, because as we talk about how the Holy Spirit is the spirit of promise, it still reminds us that if we're finding ourselves in confusion, that's not contradictory to the spiritual life. I think sometimes when we get in these moments of uncertainty, we can draw this conclusion that we're doing something wrong because we don't know, right? Where, as you pointed out, Soph, like, even in the in Pentecost, like, they didn't quite understand necessarily what was going on. They knew that the Lord was present. However, they still rested and also, like, submitted themselves to participation in this miraculous act and gift of the Spirit that as long as they didn't think that it was all up to them. They didn't start planting these seeds of pride and control. It's okay. I mean, if we look at the typology of the Bible, like Pentecost really is meant to draw contrast from the Tower of Babel, right? Mm -hmm. Where they were pursuing this accomplishment, this reputation, this affirmation from the world that they were the best, that they could get places, that they were the most powerful, right? That they were the people that everyone wanted to be. Mm-hmm. And so the Lord came in and created confusion, right? He's allowing this mess because he's like, I need you to get the message that this isn't going to satisfy you, right? Not that he's a tyrannical God who's trying to, you know, punish and discipline people, but rather it's his divine pedagogy, like him mm-hmm. trying to say like, this is not what's good for you. Like I'm a good dad and I don't want you to keep running after these things that aren't good for you. And so then we see in Pentecost, right, that as they establish this foundation of the church, right, the Lord comes in and he gives them this abundance of gifts that they still can't comprehend, but they're participating it for the good of the other, knowing that even though there's nothing immediately gratifying to themselves, that that still is where we find our purpose, our joy, our freedom, our, the ability to live life more alive and resting in that promise, right? It's okay for us to be confused, but we don't have to lose peace, right? And, and I think Pentecost is all tied up in this, which I love because I mean, everybody experiences uncertainty throughout copious times of their lives. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Every single day. (laughs) And I think too, what I, what came to mind when you were talking is if we view confusion as a virtue of sorts, being, being confused is something that's like attainable, like that's okay, like accepted. But then the twisted version of that is that hopelessness that the enemy tries to instill because like Mm -hmm. being confused and like frustrated, it's like, those are human. Like that's, that's natural. Like we were talking about, but being utterly hopeless is just, I watched a really good Father Mike Schmidt's video about this. I love Ooh. that man. But being utterly hopeless is just like, yeah, it's not happening right now. And I don't ever see it happening. I don't ever see it working out. And it's just like, well, I'm 
abandoned here in this trough. I'm just, I'm just, I have no hope. And like, that's where the enemy wants us to reside in this place of like, that's it, God. Like, I know, I don't know what's going on, but like, I don't think you do either. So I'm just letting go. And that's where he can start to slowly just seep in and be like, well, why don't you turn to this? Or why don't you turn to this or this person? And that's, oh, that's a dangerous place. That's mm-hmm. a dangerous place. No, for sure. And I think too, on the other side of that, like if we believe that confusion is a vice um, and that it's the opposite of peace, mm-hmm. um, then oftentimes we're going to think that peace is completely impossible. And I know that I've been totally trapped in this before, like just within the stress of school and just like general anxieties, thinking that God wasn't with me because I was anxious about something or thinking that um, I didn't have the peace of the Holy Spirit because I was stressed about a paper that I had to write. Um, And that if I just prayed more, if I was holier, then I just wouldn't be stressed or wouldn't be anxious. But in reality, peace, it, it surpasses all understanding. It's different than the lack of confusion and it's different than the lack of anxiety. It's, it's like you're saying, Sophia, it's like hope within that mm-hmm. uh, and trust that in the promises that God is giving us in this promise of the Holy Spirit. Uh, and so I'm thinking too, like what you were saying with hopelessness, I think it ties so well to the apostles who are just sitting and waiting in the upper room for days and days and days. And I don't know, I, I can think like they were scared after the death of Jesus. And I don't know, I probably, after waiting for nine days, forget pretty impatient, like what's going to happen to us. Um, Is God going to deliver on his promises? And he did. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I wonder like, how they maintained hope. Mm, Yeah. I think that there are a few elements to that. Uh, uh, Buckle up with me here, people. (laughs) We're going on a little bit of a ride, but I really do think that one, I need to hear these words, but I do, I do pray that those who are listening to might be encouraged by this because I would say to answer your question, Abby, a, a big component of that, even as we see in the book of Acts, like Acts 2.42 gives us the foundational elements of the church. And one of them is like communal, living communal livelihood, meaning that when we find ourselves in these times of uncertainty, it can be so healing to just simply pick up the phone and have a conversation with a parent, with a friend, with whoever it is, a brother or a sister, Because when we sit within ourselves, sometimes we can get dizzy in our thoughts and invite the voice of the evil one or just not be aware of his, his voice trying to intrude our thoughts and our hearts. And, and this past weekend, I had one of the best conversations I've had in such a long time with a dear friend of mine. And she and I were talking specifically about like uncertainty in relationships, which is very much so a (laughs) post-grad trend. You see all of your other friends getting married and, and I'm not honestly an individual that really lacks hope in finding a, a holy and incredible husband. And, but we had this really revelatory, I don't even know if that's a word, conversation um, 
about how as women, I would say we have such a tendency to approach dating, making this internal vow with ourselves that like, I hope this works out. And we lose eyesight of discernment when we do that of like, we either are dating somebody or we're approaching dating somebody. And we're just like, I really hope that this works out. And we have this narrow vision, then we get, we deposit our hope into this person. And then I drew parallels of like, I'm in grad school. Like I so often just be like, oh my gosh, I hope that I do well in this final exam. Like I hope I get an A in this class. I hope I get this job. And desiring any of those things is good. Like inherently good to seek success and excellence and, and intimacy. But then when we start to say like, I am going to allow myself to be shaken if this doesn't turn out like my expectations want it to, we're going to have a much rockier road to heaven than the Lord ever intends for us to. If instead we can say like, Lord, like my only hope is in you, that you're merciful with me, that you still choose me. Like from the, this episode that you're hearing right now, friends was recorded a few weeks ago, but this past Sunday, the second reading from John tells us like, Jesus says like, you did not choose me first. I chose you first. And like one, oh, how romantic is that? But he told me, he always gives me a phrase before I leave mass to carry with me the rest of the week. And he told me, he's like, Anna Grace, like I choose you and I still choose you. And I was like, okay, it seems a little redundant, Jesus, but like, we'll run with it, I guess. And I realized like he created that ellipses in there. Like I choose you dot, dot, dot. And I still choose you because that in between is where I mess up and where I, I fail and where I doubt. And he's like, I need you to remember that no matter what, like I still choose you. And that's the starting place and not necessarily the fallback back plan. Um, and the Holy Spirit like is meant to be that reminder for us that when we don't know how to pray, when we don't remember who we are or where we're going or to whom we belong or where really our, our worth and dignity is deposited, he comes in and he just gently is like, Hey, like, Hey, Anna Grace, like, your worth is indispensable. Like whatever happens with any of these question marks in your life right now, that's not going to make a difference. That's not going to create a different outcome or a different um, conclusion to like what you're worth. And I, I don't know, like I feel so convicted by this, like, whoa, like I want to withdraw any deposit of my hope that I've put into these things that are conditional when instead I could have an unconditional source for all of it. Yeah. Oh my goodness. When you were talking in, I was thinking of this book that I read a couple years ago and I couldn't finish it because it was convicting me so much. And I honestly, my heart just couldn't take it all. Um, it's called, I don't wait anymore. And it's by, I think she's a non-denominal Christian. Um, and I honestly don't remember the name of the author. So I'll have to, we'll have to put it in the show notes. Um, but she was talking about how she had this plan for her life and she had a pretty strong faith life or so she thought. And then basically one after the other, every plan, every hope, every dream she had just sort of unraveled. Um, And she realized that she cared more or like put more of her hope in God's actual promises than in God himself. Mm -hmm. So I'm thinking about like the promise of the Holy Spirit. Like, do we really believe that the promise is the Holy Spirit and not like the promise of a spouse or the promise of um, good holy friends in college or the promise of a new job 
opportunity. Um, like how do I love God more than I love um, the, the sort of things that I want from him, you mm-hmm. know? And it's so difficult to let go of those things. Like I, it's so difficult to let go. And that's, I couldn't finish the book. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I, yeah, it's so, I mean, it's counterintuitive. Like why wouldn't we choose this unconditional love? And I think too, Anna Grace, when you're talking about um, how he leaves you these little like one-liners, I, that just like <laughs> made my heart smile because I was just like, I'm in the season of my life too where I'm like, Jesus is just the best boyfriend ever. <laughs> and uh, I, I, for the longest time I was praying, this was about like a few months ago, I was praying with a line of like, he, like this was an adoration, not really after mass, but he was like, Sophia, like you just love the thrill of the gifts way more than the giver. And it's like, and he was like you don't even like the gift it's like when you have like my little nephews I get like when you give them presents and they just play with the box I'm like what you're missing it you know what I mean and then a lot of times that's how it is with me it's just like I'm thrilled at the fact that like oh Jesus you're pursuing me like and Jesus like you're giving me all these things but then it's like I don't take advantage of the actual gift that's in front of me and realize like that's Jesus in front of me and I don't like you know I just, and I, not only that, I don't even reflect on, well, thank you for giving this to me. And I, you learn to just like be satisfied with these gifts and then just expect them and expect them and expect them. And it's like your fists are just so clenched to this idea of what you think God wants for you that you're just, you're not actually living in his will because his will for you is to listen to the Holy Spirit and go where he tells you to go. One of my favorite quotes, like just from, a friend and this was like the pinnacle of like oh I used to have it printed out on my wall but I don't anymore anyways um I'll have to find it but anyways this is like the pinnacle of my conversion and he was like yeah well life is just like this big trust exercise and I'm just falling back into you guys and that's all I can do and it's so true because we have no idea where we're going but that's the fun of it and that's the fun of living with the Holy Spirit it's like okay like take me where you need me tell me what to say. I, I just, and I know that's difficult and it sounds easy to, in theory. Um, but man, like what an adventure it is when we just open up those fists. Like I'm sure you guys have seen that drawing of, um, the little girl holding her teddy bear. Yeah. And then Jesus is like, just no, just give it to me. Like I have something better. And then behind his back, he has like the huge like teddy bear. And she's like, I, I don't want to let go. And <laughs> you know, how often is that? just me like even in the littlest moments where I can feel I'm like go talk to that girl like go invite her to sit with you and you're like well, I don't want to I don't want to look crazy and like he's like oh wait just you wait like I'm I want to give you this friendship or whatever it is or like even if it's something big like ending your relationship or something like oh Jesus I can't let this go he's like oh if only you knew what I have in store for you you know it's like that's what life with the Holy Spirit is about and he's Man. he's so fulfilling in those promises guys oh my gosh he is amen I couldn't agree more I was thinking as you both were talking about how you you said it so that we do start to expect or think that we deserve certain things and then as I was kind of sitting with that I was like I feel though that when I am in that posture I'm still expecting with doubt instead of anticipating 
Because I think that there's a little bit of a fine line between the two. But when I start to get complacent in the spiritual life or distant from prayer, I start to be like, okay, like I know that there should be something, but are you going to hold out on me, God? That is such a lie that the devil, I mean, has told literally since the beginning of time. Like God is, his law is arbitrary. He doesn't care about you. Like you really tell you not to eat from the tree, you know, like just trying to break the relationship. Like the devil doesn't care if we know that God exists. He just doesn't want us to trust him. And if I instead know who he is by spending time in his word, by having quality conversations with people around me about what's going on in my heart, then I can anticipate his movements. And I, I, to kind of give some context to this, I've been in the process of changing jobs for like the last seemingly months. Um, Evie and Soph have been along the ride for this. And the Lord has been very clear to tell me, you know, you know, Anna Grace, I want you to resign from the job. In prayer, it looks like me sitting on the shore and I've just asked him like, Lord, when do you want me to cross the sea? And he's like, I'll tell you. And he's, and he's told me very clearly, it's like, okay, like it's, it's time to go to the other shore. It's time to go to the other side. And during Lent, he kept on saying, like speaking to me from John chapter 14, like, I will not leave you desolate. Like, I'm going to take you to myself. I'm going to go before you and prepare a place for you, which we know from scriptures, he's, he's speaking of the kingdom. And in this sense, he spoke even immaturely to my little heart of like, no, like I'm going before you, Anna Grace, to like create this job for you that surpasses even your desire for, for employment. And I'm still here as we record this episode awaiting potential confirmation of, of a job, but I've loved that he's found me worthy to almost have this Abrahamic moment of faith where I've had to resign from my previous job. I don't have employment for the upcoming school year, but there's this piece that even we were talking about before we recorded this podcast, like this piece that surpasses understanding that not storing up this plan B or fall back and instead being like, Lord, everything that I have right now is yours. And knowing that I haven't reserved any clay from the potter's hands for him to create something far greater than I could my own self. It makes me grateful for the maturity that he's allowing me to see that I've had in the spiritual life. And two, that this isn't just like a, okay, it's going to be something different this time, but it's going to become a blueprint for my life. And hopefully any sort of encouragement I can speak into other people's lives that like he, his promises are not maybe. And the Holy spirit helps us remember that, that like in those moments when I'm going to bed at night and the devil's like that interview on Thursday, Anna Grace, like you aren't qualified for this job. Like you are inadequate. You are incompetent. All these different things. I like come Holy Spirit, come Lord Jesus, like Lord deliver me. Like, no, not today, Satan. I've been redeemed by the blood of Jesus Christ. Like the Holy Spirit can help me bring to remembrance the promises that the Lord's spoken to me again and again and again, that like I'm seeing something new happen, not just around me, but within me that when you're a Christian, you see this fruit produced, you're like, how could I ever turn back? Like, I know that I'm human and I am going to fail, but that's the life of a Christian is like, we could never settle for anything else when we've experienced the freedom that we have with a relationship with Jesus. Amen. Oh my gosh. I've been over here just like kind of cheering up listening to you guys <laughs> talk because I am in like a season of life or even just like the last couple months where I'm like, I would 
rather choose like less dignity. Like I would like settle for this like some sort of sense of security in my life than like choose to go out and jump into the water um, and trust that he has something greater planned. Um, I'm like, no, Lord, like, I'm okay if this is just what you, like, want for me. Like, I'm okay if, um, if I don't follow, like, your grand plan. Like, I'll still, like, figure out a way to be happy. Um, but I, yeah, I keep believing that I'm not, like, good enough to, to swim in the, in the open water. Um, but he equips us. The Holy Spirit does. Mm-hmm. It's so perfect because I'm I'm staring at this this quote on my desk that I I had pinned to my mirror um, when I kind of came back to the faith back in high school, um, and the word was just like moving through my life. But like there, it's still that uphill battle where you slowly need to like release your fingers on all these things that you're holding on to. So every morning, like I had to say this prayer, and I still keep it on my desk. I don't say it every day anymore, but like. And it just ties in so beautifully to not only the theme of this episode, but just in what we've been talking about. So I wanted to, I want to share it too, before we start going into our flames and I can share it on the Instagram. Um, but it says, let today be the day you hear his mercy whispering, go and do beautiful things, go and do them for me. I know you do not feel equipped, but my spirit will give you strength in every moment you feel weak. I will give you unmistakable confidence to be who I have called you to be. Like, that's all it is. It's just that simple. He's going to give you that unmistakable confidence to be who he needs you to be. And the rest is arbitrary. He's going to figure it out for us, right? I hope. (laughs) Oh, that's beautiful, Sophia. Did you write that prayer? Oh, no. No, I, um, it's by Morgan Harper Nichols. Oh, okay. Yeah. I was going to say, amazing. when you were speaking, I was like, this sounds familiar, but I don't know where it's from. She's yeah, beautiful. No, <laughs> I used to, as in like middle school, I listened to like every single song that her sister, Jamie Grace, um, like the Christian artist used to put out. Um, and so I just like fangirled over the two of them for the longest time. <laughs> She's so good. Cool. Oh. She's so cool. I love that. Oh, heck yeah. Well, let's jump into our flames, the things that are keeping the fire burning within us this week. Um, Do one of you want to get started for us? I can go. Um, Back to what I mentioned earlier of just the season of my life where Jesus is just like one heck of a boyfriend. And so yesterday, well, okay, we recorded this like several weeks before it came out, but yesterday in our time, Boys Mother's Day. And there were all these bouquets at the coffee shop that I work for. So, okay, the coffee shop is a shared space between us and this little, um, like, specialty goods store. So anyways, they had all these bouquets for Mother's Day, and I was working with this younger guy. He, I think he's, like, in high school. I don't know, but he's, like, just so just, like, like, all of the members of my family are like this, but he's, so I just love it, but he's so, like, just quiet and nerdy and just so just <laughs> precious, and he's just the, the most fun to work with because he's so just meticulous in everything he does, and oh, just my favorite. Anyways, so this whole time that we're working together, I'm like, those flowers are just so beautiful. Like, every two seconds, I was like, oh, 
man, look at those flowers. And like, just because they were just so beautiful and like all these moms were buying them. And I was like, I just want to be a mom. And this kid is probably like, this girl needs to go home. Like somebody sent her home. She's so annoying. And um, so then the end of the day, the owner of the whole store gave bouquets of flowers to these two other guys. And they're like, oh, give them to your moms um, for Mother's Day. And I was like, oh, I hope he gives me one because I, my mom's not here because I'm in college. But like, I just want flowers. They're so pretty. But he didn't give me any. And he, the owner, like ended up leaving because the store closes before the coffee shop. Anyways, this guy I was working with, I see him like fumbling around the cash register. And I was like, oh, like, what are you looking for? And he's like, the one day I need his number, like the owner's number. I can't find it. And I was like, oh, what do you need? And he's like, well, I was going to call him and see like if I could buy like one of the bouquets for you. I was like, I was like, that's so nice. Like, you don't have to do that. It's okay. And so anyways, like we're, I'm like mopping the floor and I turned around and he had taken one of the flowers out of the bouquet and just gave it to me. And he was like, I couldn't let you go home without getting your flower. I was like, oh my gosh. I was like, Oh my goodness. Thank you so much. <laughs> I was like, Jesus, you are so good. And I remember like walking out to my car and I was like, that's going to be my flame. I don't care when we record this. Like, that is it. And then I forgot oh we were recording goodness. the next day. So it was perfect. But um, gosh, I just, what a guy Jesus is. Wow. <laughs> oh, that is so sweet. It was so, so nice. cute. It just makes me smile. <laughs> I know. Oh. <laughs> Oh, well, my flame also made me smile. Um, we have a priest in residence in my dorm here at Notre Dame, and um, he's about 84 years old. His name is Father George, and he is just the sweetest. Um, and I am the sacristan at Mass sometimes, and so I get to work really closely with him, and he's just, like, hands down the most adorable little old man I've ever met. Um, but... That as the year is coming to a close and we're starting to get ready for graduation, um, the other members of Hall staff and I wrote a card for Father George and we gave it to him after Mass. And he was just so joyful. He just kept remarking about like how beautiful the card was. And he was like, oh, like this is what's important. Like This is what's important. And he just kept saying that over and over. Um, and it's just like such a sweet reminder of um, just like little things. Like, was such a little thing that we did but um it like clearly really touched him so Aww. that's my flame I love, I love old people they just they're just the best <laughs> he's so cute I like I want everyone that I love in life to be able to meet him so that they can share the like joyful experience of getting to know <laughs> I love that my flame has changed probably five times in the past five minutes nice. just because I love too many things and then I become flippant. But I think it's my um, sweatshirt that I got from Blessed Is She that is just like red and it says, Jesus, I trust in you on the front of it. And usually it's my like going to bed, sweats, sweatpants kind of sweatshirt, but I've worn it out much more frequently the past couple of weeks. And it's funny because the print's pretty small and people always kind of like squint and then they see your sweatshirt. But it's cool to one, see a variety of reactions from people. And two, as they read it, it reminds me of the witness that I always bear wherever I go. But I love just like being able to almost claim my identity in that way. And I love it. I think there was a time in my life that I wouldn't have felt 
comfortable wearing things like that. And now I'm like, I want you to know how much God loves you. Um, So it's cool. And who knows, maybe it's even spoken to people that I've never even stopped and talked to that God's got them in their hand, in his hands. So, and full smiles today. Ev, so thanks for hanging out. And we will be back next week. Not with a series, I don't believe, but um, with another fun episode for everyone who's tuning in. We always appreciate just please any prayers that you guys can offer us for this ministry as we continue to try to lead it. And we are always praying for you guys. Um, And heck yeah, we'll see you guys next week. My friend, be who God made you to be and you will set the world on fire. Thank you so much for listening. Bye guys. See ya. Hey friend, Anna Grace here. I hope that you enjoyed this episode of the Paloma Grace podcast. If you did, feel free to send it to a family member or a friend, someone who could be encouraged by it. If you have any questions or suggestions for future episode topics, feel free to head to palomagrace.net. You can learn more about our story also on palomagrace.net or follow us at Paloma Grace Ministries on Instagram. We are praying for you until we see you next time and God bless you.